it going, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 212, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, we got a lot to get to today. We got Thursday night football reaction, some EPL college football, and then we cap it off with NFL as well. As always, though, before we get into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So we got to talk about how Thursday night football went from a betting perspective. And we had A.J. Brown over 72 and a half receiving yards. For our Thursday night play, he had a touchdown called back, was never really close to hitting that line. So unfortunately, we whiffed, and we're really teetering on this territory. I thought you were this worldly, sophisticated guy, but you're just a fraud. Regardless, Thursday night football reaction, the Eagles edge out the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. to Now, my thoughts on the game. Jalen Hurts, he played fine. He has not looked like the all-world quarterback that everyone told me that he was last season but he does have some all-world weapons. Devonta Smith, what a great night for him. Absolutely burned that corner on his second touchdown. A.J. Brown, he was a little bit irritated on the sidelines, to say the least, but when you're up big in the middle of that game, I don't see why you're blowing up as much as he was. Now, we also had DeAndre Swift, a revival of DeAndre Swift after a very tough week one. Kenneth Gainwell being out of the lineup was a big reason why but he bounces back with a massive night. And then Hurts, he gets the QB push, we'll call it, for two touchdowns as well. So funny enough, the Eagles haven't looked the best yet. They still find themselves 2-0, the scheduling gods. We heard how unfavorable it was for Philadelphia on the year, but at the very least, they get a couple of wins right out of the gate. Now, on the Minnesota side, you just got to talk about the turnovers because Justin Jefferson with a critical fumble in that game that gets called for a touchback. Alexander Madison has not been great replacing Dalvin Cook as the RB1 in this offense. And the Vikings defense, as we talked about in our NFC North preview with Cole Reigns, has been horrendous. And the offense just hasn't been able to make up for it. They've had a lot of turnovers. Kirk Cousins, he was fine last night. Three touchdowns, no picks. But This team's got some deeper issues. The schedule is not going to be any friendlier to them moving forward. You got the Chargers next week. You got Carolina on the schedule, the Chiefs as your next few coming up. We could see this team potentially being one and four heading into week six. Now, the Eagles, 
ultimately they have too much talent to truly be going through a Super Bowl hangover. As I mentioned, that schedule really benefited them early on. But I do think that they're going to be just fine in the NFC. I still only see three teams that have a real shot at coming out of the NFC this year, and two of them come out of the NFC East. But if you've noticed for the first couple minutes, there's a new logo in the bottom right-hand corner of our background. And we want to give a shout-out to the newest sponsor of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. That is Betalytics, the official sports betting software of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. Really appreciate those guys. But be sure to head over to betalytics.com. Use promo code HEDGE for 25% off. We love their software over there. They had some great plays for you. If you're looking for Thursday night football plays, definitely not ours. And we went with Betalytics when we made them. So shout out to those guys. They do a phenomenal job over there. But as I said, we got a lot to get to today. And we're looking ahead to EPL Saturday and Sunday. Honestly, the toughest slate so far that I have seen EPL-wise as we head into match day five. So let's get right into it. The opening game on Saturday morning. If you're on the East Coast, you're going to have to get up very early for this one. That is Wolves plus 475 taking on Liverpool at minus 210. Now, you start out with a bottom five team at home versus a top four side. On the surface, you see minus 210 for a road team. And right away, you would think, wow, Liverpool's got to go in and win. They got to, you know, maybe cover a minus one and a half. But coming off the international break, this is a bit of a trap. No Van Dyke still because of that suspension coming out of the Newcastle game. Trent is hurt on the back end as well. We may not even have Nunes, who's a game time decision. So Liverpool are definitely going to be hobbled. Now, boy, am I low on Wolves, but <laughs> this is a very tough spot to want to bet. They looked good versus United. But since then, they haven't been overly impressive. Even their lone victory was against Everton 1-0. So nothing to hang your hat on there. I think if you're betting this game, you're probably just putting Liverpool money line as a parlay piece. Because if you start getting into a spread with how bad that Liverpool backline could be, I think you could be in some trouble. West Ham plus 510 versus Man City minus 200 is the next one. This is at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And you get probably the matchup of the weekend here with fourth place West Ham at home versus the defending champions. And much like Liverpool, Man City are down some guys. West Ham are 100%. And then you get no Kevin De Bruyne on the City side, no John Stones, no Kovacic, no Grealish. But City have so much depth. That's what makes them such title contenders is the fact that you've got Foden, you've got Holland, you've got Silva stepping in as well with some of those guys out of the lineup. City still undefeated. There's a reason why. I think if you're going to bet against them, then you could run into some issues. But West Ham plus one, you can still get it plus money. If you're a little bit nervous, maybe you want to throw Liverpool in with a little two-teamer. You could do plus one and a half at minus 160. Yes, it's a little bit juiced, but if you parlay the two together, then you get into some plus money territory. Then another 10 a.m. start. Manchester United plus 120 versus Brighton at plus 190. And if West Ham and City is the game of the weekend, this is a very close second. Brighton swept the matchup last year. 2-1 to at Old Trafford. 1-0 to when it was at their place. So I've seen a lot of Brighton money line picks. And at plus 190, I get it. But I'm a Man United fan. And that means that money line at plus money, 
I'm definitely going to play it. We'll call it the homer play of the weekend. That's how much I love it. And Brighton, they've been the better team to start the year. But that Newcastle win is their lone impressive result for me. They really haven't played a lot of quality. Man U, they've beat the teams that they should. They dropped points to Arsenal and Tottenham. For me, I'm going to play United Moneyline at home. But as I said, homer play of the weekend. Then we get Aston Villa minus 115 at home against Crystal Palace at 305. Villa at home is the play. I don't know how you're going on the Palace side. And you may say, Ken, Palace is ahead of them in the standings, but they beat the bad teams. They've lost or drew to the superior side. And for me, Villa is the superior side. Since that Newcastle game in the opener, they have been much better. And let's just face it, I think that this is the superior manager. You've got Unite Emery on the Aston Villa side and Villa. They're hoping for a Europa League spot this year. I think they've got the potential to get there as well. This is the type of game that they have to get all three points. So at minus 115, that's where I would definitely lean. Now, when we're talking about Saturday plays, Tottenham minus 375. They're the heaviest favorite taking on Sheffield United. Steepest line that you're going to find, but they are second place in the table, playing phenomenal football under their new manager, They've already beat United, and now they get to take on a lowly promotion side. So the question isn't whether Tottenham's going to win. Because for me, if you want to throw in Tottenham money line into your parlay, minus 375, that's not a lot of value. But it does boost it if you're in that parlay situation. The question is, do they win by multiple goals? They just beat Burnley 5-2 to two prior to the international break. The line is minus 1.5 at minus 140. So it's barely playable even at that spread. If you want to jump all the way to minus two and a half at plus 170, I can't get on board with it, but you definitely could throw in the money line, maybe the minus one and a half, if you want to have something to root for in that 10 a.m. window. Speaking of someone that I'm rooting for in the 10 a.m. window, Luton Town plus 405. They're going on the road to take on Fulham, who are minus 150. I want a promotion side to figure it out. And I know Sheffield's got a point, but when will Luton finally get their first result? We're waiting on the same for Burnley. But Fulham are a bottom half side at home, so this is a completely gettable game for Luton Town. I made the mistake early on of betting multi-goal spreads for a bad promotion side. But Luton here, you can get a result at plus 115. I think there is definitely something in play in this game. And I think Luton Town might surprise some people and go and get a point, if not all three. And then to cap off Saturday, Newcastle minus 180 versus Brentford at plus 450. Stinky line for me, and I'll tell you why. The key for me on the footy betting side is if you only see two outcomes, then it's worth playing. But if you see that potential third outcome, then stay away. Do I think Newcastle are the better side? Yes, I definitely do. Do I think Brentford could shockingly be really good, come in, steal a result? Because I've been betting against them all year and they've been doing well. I could see that for sure. But I could also see a low-scoring draw, and when I really don't have a great read on it, I'm not going to go ahead and bet it. And then if you're taking a look at some early Sunday lines, you've got Bournemouth plus 320 versus Chelsea at minus 130. Do not ask me to bet Chelsea right now. That minus 130 line looks like a trap. As much as I hate Bournemouth, I still think that they're a relegation side. I'm just not going to be jumping on the blue side for this game. And then you've got Everton plus 475 versus Arsenal at minus 190. Arsenal just beat them 4-0 in March. They are the vastly better side. And as much as I think Everton are in shambles, 
that is a tough road spread to want to take. So that's what we're at with EPL. We still got the Monday game with Burnley featured there. We'll talk about that more on our Monday episode, but we've also got college football back and it's a loaded slate. Once again, week three of the college football season, we're not quite into conference play. We got a lot of, we've got a few, I'll say, uh, conference matchups, but we do have a lot of out of conference as well. Let's start with a couple in conference ones, 14 LSU at minus nine and a half taken on Mississippi state and LSU, they have bounced back just fine after that really bad performance against Florida State. And they're taking on a Mississippi State side that, yeah, they're undefeated, but Louisiana, sorry, but Southern Mississippi State are undefeated here, but Southeastern Louisiana and then Arizona in overtime isn't exactly the cream of the crop when it comes to competition. I think LSU should go in and handle business, but I do think it's going to be high scoring regardless. If you're looking to bet this game, I would definitely look at the over. Then you got number seven, Penn State, minus 14 on the road against Illinois. The over-under here is 48 and a half. Two TD road spread in Big Ten action is a tough one to stomach, but for me, I feel really good about it. Penn State, they look like a college football playoff team to me. They have been dominant in their first couple of games. In Illinois, they got to be rattled. They just got beat by double digits by Kansas on the road, so their confidence has to be low. I would definitely bet Penn State spread if I'm looking to bet anything in this game. You got number 18, Kansas State, minus three and a half, taking on Missouri. And this is this is an upset watch for me. Two undefeateds. Best program combined, though, that they beat is Troy or Middle Tennessee State. But this is a very tough one to bet. Missouri, they are at home. It's a very tough place to win. But Kansas State is the team that's got the number next to their name. Three and a half line protects against a potential upset for me but I would sprinkle Missouri money line strictly for the value. Then you got Minnesota taking on number 20, North Carolina at minus seven. Look, we're not going to talk about the minus 20 and above spreads. Let's talk about the ones that are attainable. And this is one that I think is for Minnesota because they're a really talented group. They were somehow able to beat Nebraska. Maybe they beat themselves, but nonetheless, they come in as a solid big 10 program. That's two and oh, and they're taking on a Heisman caliber guy, a top pick caliber guy in Drake May, who narrowly escaped Appalachian State last week. So this UNC team is not invincible. They're not unbeatable. The TD spread makes me lean Minnesota because I think that they're comparable. But this may just be a watch the first quarter and decide from their spot. Then you got number eight, Washington. They are minus 16 on the road against Michigan State. And yes, they're, both teams are undefeated. But man, seeing Michigan State with that kind of number at home, I know they only beat Central Michigan and Richmond, but I'm trying not to get blinded by the name on the jersey. And I think if I had to look at it, <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I'm going to go Michigan State at home. My Madman Play of the Week backing Noah Kim at home at plus 16. It's not going to be on our official slate. I will probably bet it myself, but I'm not advising listeners of the show to go ahead and do that. Now, number 11, Tennessee, they're minus five and a half against Florida. It's probably the rivalry game of the weekend because Florida are absolutely horrendous, but anything can happen in the SEC, especially in a rivalry this big. I would take the volunteers if I am playing a side here because I think Florida may be a bottom five SEC team this year, but that's at least where I'm at heading into Saturday. And then the game that we're all talking about, the game that we've been closely keeping an eye on over the last couple of days, 
Colorado State taking on number 18, Colorado, and they got a minus 24 next to their name. And if you asked me about this game three weeks ago, it would look like nothing on the surface because we figured Dion would probably be 500 coming into this game. Instead, he's rolling in with Sanders, his own son being a Heisman favorite. Colorado State head coach did not do himself any favors when Norvell gave Dion more bulletin board material, talking about hats being on and glasses being worn. I think it was a mistake. I'm not going to bet the game, but it will be one that I'm definitely going to monitor on Saturday. And then let's give an early look at the NFL Sunday lines. We're going to breeze through these ones relatively quickly because there's a lot to get to. Chicago's taking on Tampa Bay at minus three. And as bad as Justin Fields looked in that first start, especially with his offensive line, I still think that Baker, he benefited from playing a really bad defense. I don't think that it's going to happen back-to-back weeks, so I would definitely lean Chicago. Green Bay and Atlanta, Atlanta's minus two at home. Are either of these teams for real after those first week Ws? I think we're going to find out that one of them is, and I'm really hoping that it's Atlanta. Indy and Houston, Houston's minus one. The AFC South battle between the cellar dwellers is this week, and we also get a rookie QB matchup between Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. I really hope Houston pulls it out, but I do have a bad feeling about that game for the Texans. Seattle taking on Detroit at minus five. Two teams trending opposite directions. Does that continue? We've got the Lions coming off that big Chiefs win in Seattle. They just got absolutely beat down by the Rams in their opener. This is the opposite of what we saw last year, too, because Detroit just missed the playoffs and Seattle made it in. Then we got the L.A. Chargers minus three on the road against the Titans. Herbert versus Tannehill might have been a great matchup two or three years ago. Tannehill looked horrendous in the opener. Both need a W if they're going to be back in the AFC playoff race. Baltimore versus Cincy. Cincy is minus three. AFC North's two best teams squaring off. People might argue otherwise after the Browns last week think the Bengals are going to be just fine heading into this one. Las Vegas versus Buffalo. The Bills are minus eight and a half at home. Vegas just upset Denver, but Buffalo upset after that Monday night football bungle. I think that we could be in for a blowout game. Kansas City and Jacksonville, a rematch of the AFC divisional round last year. Chiefs are minus three and a half. Getting Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back in the lineup. This is the game to watch for me on Sunday. San Fran and the Rams, the 49ers are minus seven on the road. NFC West divisional tie between two teams that picked up big wins in week one. This is another one that I want to watch in the later window. New York Giants minus four against the Cardinals. I'll tell you this much, if the Giants drop this game, it is all but over for their season, knowing that they got to play the 49ers the following week. The Jets and Dallas, this was slated to be an awesome game. And then Aaron Rodgers went down. But we do have two of the top five defenses squaring off here. I like Dallas. I'm a Cowboys fan. Of course I like Dallas. Just do they cover that number. Washington versus Denver. The Broncos are minus three and a half. Washington owners are undefeated. Let's see if they ride or if Russ can get back on track after that embarrassing Raiders loss. And we get to cap things off on Sunday night football with the Dolphins and Patriots. Seen a lot of money on Miami, but you get an AFC matchup where you got to go on the road. They could be in some trouble on Sunday night football. So we broke down what we're looking for this weekend. Now it's time for our last call pick segment. 
sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. This is where we give you our games to watch this weekend. But before we do, let's play the video. So Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their Old Fashioned, their regular vodka, and my wife's personal favorite, the Dill Pickle Vodka. Really appreciate Last Mountain Distillery supporting local as we do all the time here at the Competitive Hedge Podcast. So three EPL picks, three college football, three NFL. We're going to have a profitable weekend, and it's all going to start with that EPL slate. Manu Moneyline against Brighton at plus 120. They make amends for the two L's that they took last year at Old Trafford. Aston Villa Moneyline versus Crystal Palace at minus 115. Emery's going to pick up a valuable three points as they hope to get into Europa. Luton Town double chance against Fulham at plus 115. They finally get their first result as their quest continues to potentially stay up in the Premier League. Now we head over to college football. Penn State minus 14 on the road against Illinois. The Nittany Lions are going to bury them early and often. I see a 20-plus point victory here. My college football upset of the week, Missouri Moneyline against Kansas State at plus 145. The SEC reigns supreme here, and a ranked opponent goes down. And then Tennessee minus 5.5 versus Florida. This is a shell of the typical Gators team that we see, and I think the Bulls are going to kill them by two-plus scores. And then to cap it off for NFL plays for the weekend, Chicago plus three versus Tampa Bay. I don't think Baker's back. I think the Bears make amends for last week. I don't think that they're a great team, but I think they're better than what Tampa Bay will be on the day. Chargers minus three and a half versus the Titans. That offense is going to be just too much for Vrabel and the Titans. So give me Herbert to get back to 500. And then Giants minus four for Arizona. I never root for the Giants, but for the sake of their season, I hope they cover this number. They were flat last week. I think they make amends versus what I would consider to be the worst team in the NFL. But we appreciate everyone who listened to the show today. We hope you have an amazing weekend. It's my wife's 30th birthday weekend. So super excited to spend some time with her. But we'll see you guys next time on Monday for the Competitive Hedge Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.